On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I'm going to continue in our Life That Thrives series. I'm really glad you've decided to join us today because today's one of those turning points uh, in all that we're studying. Uh, we're continuing. Today I'm going to talk about bearing fruit and hanging around with other people. So how does that, what does that look like? Because again, life would be great if it wasn't for other people messing up my plans, right? Uh, but uh, we're going to dig into that this morning. Uh, if you missed any of this conversation, it's been a long conversation since the beginning of the year. If you've missed any of it, check out the app, check out podcast. I I don't know what you do. I don't know what you listen to on Monday morning. Whatever your drive is, I don't know what that is. But great way, just I got the I got the podcast. Boom! And I want you to know. I actually listen to the podcast. I go, why did I say that, right? So there's, there's moments in listening to the podcast or even watching the video as it goes online. I'm like, wow, look how I look off to the left all the time. There must have been a sinner over it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but there's moments, you know, so, so I, I try and listen to it. But I don't, know, I don't know what you do with your drive time. I, I don't know what your commute looks like, but I do want to encourage you. Listen, it can be also productive. There's, there are people who have just chosen. It's like, I'm going to make this a worship time. I'm going I'm to create a sanctuary on the move, not a sanctuary, a sanctuary on the move. And, and, it, and, I've, and I've been talking to people, and they're going, you know, it has changed how I arrive at work. By the time I get to work, I'm a different person because I've just been listening to worship music. I've been, as opposed to the news, et cetera, et cetera. And work's already making me tense, and then my drive times makes me more tense. So uh, I encourage you to podcast the teaching stuff. So we're, we're doing this series, and it's based on the book that I wrote. I wrote this book several years ago. But I'll tell you what, at the beginning of this year, I really felt like, oh, man, I think we need to uh, revisit the foundation pieces. You ever, you ever just need to get back to the basics? So, so that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, and this book, uh, again, it's, it's really based on a lot of the stuff that my father taught me. My father was a horticulture professor at Pierce College in the Valley, and he was a gardener. He was a, 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 an architect for many years. Uh, and so I was the guy who for years, would move the dirt pile from there to there, bring the manure from the front yard to the backyard. You know, I was the gopher, right? But I learned all these things. Uh, my, one of the first lessons, one of the first lessons I learned is the difference between dirt and soil. Like, like my dad said, that's dirt. Don't, don't touch that. I'm like, yeah, it needs to be amended. And until it gets some nutrients put into it, it's really not soil. It's not good for soil. And he made, in his mind, he saw those as two absolutely different things. We don't put plants in dirt. It's like, oh. And I began to get these little lessons all my life. Uh, Here's more. What you plant, what you put in the ground, is the fruit you're going to get. You cannot put an orange seed in the ground and go, avocado, avocado, avocado. It's just not the way it works. However much wishing you want, however much praying you want. Oh, come on, apples, come on, I love apples. You put in an orange seed, it's going to come up oranges. And I cannot tell you, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, how many of us are trying to pray ourselves out of things that we behaved ourselves into. It's important. Because we go, I planted that seed. And either we have to take it out by its root, and it's a weed, and we need to get it out of the garden, or we nurture and we water, 
And we bring sustenance to that seed and we make that thing grow. But you got to know, there's going to come fruit. And today is about that kind of fruit. There's a huge difference, and we'll hear it today, between pruning and cutting. These are things that, that are in here that, that my dad taught me. You know, everybody's, oh, we got to cut back that tree. Mm, you mean cutting or pruning? Because I see them as something very different. Uh, the things that we need to help us grow strong, I talked about some of that last week, so that we are strengthened for the storms, because we're all going to be in storms. Here it is, ready? If you're not in a storm, you just got out of one, or you're about to go into one. That's, that's not bad news, that's just called life. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trials. You're going to have problems. You're going to have issues that come up. But don't worry. Hey, listen, I've overcome it all. And you're walking with me. I got my spirit. I'm sending him to be with you all the time so you're not alone. I go, oh, yes, 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 yes. And I think one of the biggest things that I discovered, and it's in here, is that fruit takes time. Dang it. (laughs) Right? Weeds? Overnight. And I don't know if you've ever noticed it. It happens in my yard because I'm... I know, it's great. I love pulling weeds. Not your weeds, by the way. My weeds. You're like, hey, I got a yard, Pastor Marty. No, listen, I, like, I, love, I love getting in my yard. I love getting in my yard. I love pruning. I love trimming things. I love pulling the weeds. I love yard work because it speaks to me because, of, again, my life. But here's the thing. I can't tell you how I just did, I did all the yard work on a Saturday, and then I come back Tuesday, and I'm like, where'd that weed come from? And it's this tall. Like, I just did all that. And either A, watch this, either I didn't see it, or weeds grow really fast. And sometimes they're just growing in our lives. I put it on Facebook or on social media a couple, couple months ago. I found a weed that was over six feet tall. Six feet. And it was just growing in the, back of, in the back of my bushes. I had some bushes in my yard. And just in the back, I said, and all of a sudden, it's popping up. And I just see the top. I'm like, that's a weed. And I know weeds, right? I'm like, that's a weed above my bushes. I was like, what the heck? I went back in there. I'm like, oh. I, I literally, I put it out on the ground and with a measuring tape. I'd never seen it. It was six feet tall. Anybody got weeds need to be taken care of? Do it. <laughs> all these lessons gave me a modern parable. It was just a modern parable, and it's, it's throughout the Bible too, but it was a modern parable. It's, I call it the thrive tree, and this is the thrive tree. Here's what happens with thrive tree. So we start in the, I, I divide it into four sections. This first section is all about the roots. It's all in the private. It's what's happening between me and God. Nobody's involved with this down here. You are not around when I'm doing all this. This is when I'm reading God's word. This is when I'm meditating. This is when I'm praying. This is when I'm journaling. This is what I'm doing down here, right? I got all this stuff all by myself. I'm having my own time between me and the Lord, my worship. This is public life. This is my private life. We're going to find out today what happens with this, this root section. Second section we just went over, this weekly becoming. This is where we pop the soil, where the roots have now become branches, right? And they, start, they po- start popping up, and we start becoming public, whether it's in church services, maybe we're connected to a small group, maybe we're connect- connected to a, an accountability group, I don't know. But everything that we've been growing starts to pop up. And again, I, I have an eye, horticulturally, I have an eye, I go, that's a weed and that's not. I know the difference between a bulb that is sprouting and a weed that is sprouting. I go, oh, don't pick that. That's a bulb. That'll be a tulip in a few weeks. But that's a weed. And, and you have to know the difference. So it all starts becoming public. Here's where we're going to end up today. This regularly bearing, this third section, regularly bearing. Stewardship, accountability, fellowship, and evangelism. This is where we're really getting to know one another. 
This is where I really start the interactions with others because here's what's happening. My fruit is now evident. People are pulling my fruit going, that's really sour. It takes almost 10 years for an apple tree to produce a really sweet piece of fruit. First year, it'll pop out apples. They'll be about this big. They'll be hard as rock. It's terrible. Second year, they'll get a little bit bigger, and they're just sour and hard. But about 10 years in, you start producing apples that are sweet and juicy. But that's a long time. Again, fruit takes time. We're going to talk about fruit today. Before I get to the fruit section, though, I want to bridge last week's teachings and this week's teachings with a Jesus parable. So come with me in your Bibles. Open up to the good news of John, please. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four good news books. If you don't have a Bible, I'm encouraging everybody grab the one out of the chair back. Grab it. Grab the one out of the chair back because I want you to read this parable. If you get the blue New Testament, it's on page 118. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, right? If you got the black one, it's page 124. But grab that because I want you to see what we're reading today. You really need to see this. If you got your Bible, open it, uh, turn it on however you however you get to your bible john chapter 15 oh man so good right here's john chapter 15 jesus is talking and he brings us this incredible parable you saw a piece of it this morning watch this i'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener he cuts off remember what i said earlier he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message that I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you because a branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Because apart from me, you can't do squat. That was the original language of what Jesus was saying there, right? You you can do nothing, right? Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch, and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it'll be granted. When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. See, I told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy and your joy will overflow. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy and your joy will overflow. That's where you say hallelujah. Okay. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. 
There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends. Since I've told you everything the Father's told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment. Love each other. You could spend the next year looking at this and still not get it. Just a quick story. Quick story. There he is. Produce. Remain in me, 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 remain, 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 remain in my love, remain in my love, remain in me. Ten times. That word, remain. See, these kind of things. This, this is what happens in that first section of, the, of the, the roots. We stop and we go, let me just meditate on this for a little bit. Look how many times he says remain. Look at all the times he says, produce even more, produce fruit that lasts, produce much fruit, produce much fruit, produce lasting fruit. I'm like, man, he wants us to produce. Now that's, that's mentioned a lot in here. Five different times. Oh, how about this one? Watch this. Oh, Love each other in the same way as I have loved you. Watch this. He, he says, oh, oh, he says, as the Father loved me. He, he says, I'm kind of the template. Here's what God did to me. Now I need you to do the same thing. In fact, watch this. In, in chapter 20, verse 21, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Take a look at this. That's you. As I have loved you, as I have sent you, as I am remaining, you need to follow this. And Jesus gets it out to us. And then, that, that, that my, this is my favorite part, right? This is my commandment. Love each other. Why? Why? He says back here, 1334, right? He says, love each other just as I, just as I have loved you. I gave you the example. You should love each other just as I've loved you. Your love for one another is what's going to prove to the world that you're my disciples. See, this, this little section is just full, just full of stuff. Now, I, I want to dig into this, but I think some people are going to be a little disappointed today. So I'll get into why you'll be disappointed here in a minute. But before I do, uh, I, I, want to, I want to pull apart this, this, this parable here. But I, I want to give you what I, I kind of teased you last week uh, with what we're calling the sanctuary trellis, right? So here's the soil, right? Here's the soil. We talked about this. I, sh- I showed this last week. And then we have this, these vertical pieces that come up, the Sunday services, community groups, and growth groups, right? So we have these things that we say, hey, here's what helps us to grow up tall. But then we have these other pieces that come across. This is what's helping us to bear the weight, right? So we have these other pieces. This is Thrive. This series that I'm doing right now from the pulpit, we're going to do it, we're going to do it every year in the spring. Not from the pulpit. We're just going to have a class that teaches this, this concept of worship, meditation, reading God's word, right? This, this kind of stuff, prayer. How, how do we pray? The stuff that we've been talking about over the last several weeks, we're going to do it as a class every year. Then we have other classes that will come up, right? This is Journey Through the Bible. This is, uh, maybe it's, uh, there's, I'll get there in a minute. 
This is, the second one is Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, which is a series coming up uh, in the summer. We're going to start Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. I'll tell you what, we cannot be spiritually mature if we're emotionally immature. It's impossible. So this summer, we're going to be talking about what it means to be mature. What it means, because you can't, you can't bear fruit unless you are mature. A young plant doesn't bear fruit. A mature plant bears fruit. What does it mean to be mature? So we're going to go over emotionally healthy spirituality in the summer, and then in the fall, we're going to go over emotionally healthy relationships. I, I can't wait. I hope you'll be here for that. That's the second bar. This third bar is journey through the Bible. This third bar is right now media. This third bar is getting into Bible studies. This third bar is, oh, Western Ministry Institute. This third bar, listen, there are places to go where you go, I want to I take it to the next level. I am a born-again Christian. Where do I go? Western Ministry Institute, right now media. There are places to go to take it to the next level. This is, all right, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of the same old, same old Christianity. I'm doing this. I, I need to be challenged. I need to be cultivated. I need the soil to be tore up. I want to bring in a different harvest. We know the saying, right? Keep doing the same things, you're going to get the same things. We have to change things up. That last piece is what's going to bring about the fruit. It's going to really hold all this fruit. And that fruit, described in Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. This, is, this kind of fruit, God is saying, hey, I want you to produce these fruits. Now, today, I'm only going to talk about four fruits, just, just four fruits. And they're not going to be the ones that Paul's mentioned here in Galatians. I'm going to explain them. I'm going to define them, watch this, but it is, will be up to you to decide whether they are in your life or not. I will explain them, I will define them for only four fruits, but then you get to ask yourselves, right? You get to ask yourselves. In fact, open up to 2 Corinthians. Come on over, just flip over to the left here. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Here's what Paul says. He's talking to a church, a church in Corinth. He says, hey, here's what I have to tell you. Catch this. Paul's talking to me. He says, this is on you. It's not on me. Watch what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. <laughs> not my job. Now watch this, not my job to decide whether you're mature or not. Not my job to decide whether there's fruit in your life or not. That's not the pastor's job. That's not a spiritual director's job. That is your job. Here's what he says. He says, examine, watch this, I'm going to pull it up here. Pull it up here for me. Examine who? Yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. How do I do that? Is there some sort of a test kit that we can order from the resource center? Can I, you know, you know, is there, how do I uh, swab inside the cheek? I'm bearing fruit. No, how do I know if I'm bearing fruit? Again, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you four basic fruits. They're overall fruits. So, so think about this. Like an apple, 
You could say, I want an apple or I want a honey crisp apple. I'm going to give you a basic fruit selection. There's four of them I'm going to give today, but I'm going to just give you a basic one. And then you have to decide, is this stuff in my life? That's the big question. Is fruit in my life? I'm going to examine myself and ask, is fruit in my life? And what's going to be frustrating, I said this earlier, some of us today are going to be frustrated. Here's why. Because there's nothing you can do right now to change today, right? The best time to plant a tree is today or 20 years ago. Because I plant that tree today, I may never sit under its shade. When I go, man, there's too much sun in my backyard. I have trees in my backyard that provide all the shade because I planted them 30 years ago. They provide all the shade. I got in there and said, there's way too much sun in this backyard. Again, horticulture mindset, landscape mindset, right? And landscape architect. I'm like, I got to put these trees like this and these bushes like this and I got to create this wall here. And I did all this stuff and shade. Now, my backyard is a little tiny sanctuary. It's beautiful, beautiful place. Quiet, cool. Because with foresight, I said, I'm going to need shade. The problem is, with the fruit or the lack of fruit that we're producing today. Nothing can be done, watch this, about it right now. That's where I talked earlier about trying to pray ourselves out of something we behaved ourselves into. Some of us are producing fruit like, I think we're gonna have to cut off that branch because that's not good fruit. That's sour fruit, that's bad fruit, right? What we're gonna look at today has nothing to do with today. Watch this, it has to do with way back there in the roots. What did I put in the soil? Because that's the fruit that we're going to look at. Whatever I put in the soil is what I'm producing. So here's your fill in the blanks. You got the app. I hope you have that open. Here's the first one, stewardship. It's S. The first of the fruits is S, stewardship. The job of supervising, take care of something. Right? I'm overseeing something. Biblical stewardship is even another level. Because it involves our God-given responsibilities, listen to me, over all of creation. We're responsible for creation. Starting way back in Genesis chapter 1, God says, here, I want you to do this. Be fruitful. First command. Be fruitful. Full of fruit and multiply. And then in 2.15, he says, hey, I want you to tend the garden. And then in 3.23, he says, I want you to cultivate the ground. And then in verse, chapter 9, he gets with Noah, the ark, right? The flood has killed off everything. First words, be fruitful and multiply. So I want you to be fruitful. It's consistent. It, and, it's, and it's over all creation. That's where we're called to be. And stewardship isn't just about God taking something from us. See, a lot of people think, oh, stewardship is God taking stuff from us. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's about our responsibility in maintaining and wisely using the gifts that are right in front of us. I'll give you the most practical application of this. Walking down the street, seeing a piece of trash on the ground and going, not my trash. That's bad stewardship. Watch this. It's bad stewardship of the person who first threw it on the ground, but it's bad stewardship in the second level because I just walked by saying, not my job. That when we see something, we go, that's not right. We've got to take care of the planet. We've got to take care of things. I didn't drop that gum wrapper there. But I could pick it up. There's a trash can right there. And he Can I just be honest for a second? 
Because when it first goes through my mind, I see the, I see the piece of trash and go, good for nothing, lazy jerk people. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> good for nothing, jerk, lazy people. Trash cans right there, you big dummies. I'm like, uh, walker. I'm working on it. Because it's about my stewardship. Forget about their stewardship. This is my stewardship. What am I going to do? The question is me. Examine yourself. See, I want to examine everybody else. That's not the point. What's my stewardship? So I have to examine myself. Test myself. Will I walk by that piece of paper? Will I walk by that, that aluminum can? I didn't put that aluminum can on the ground. But the trash, you just throw it away. That's, that's a very practical example. But I want you to know God's desire is that we would be his collaborators, co-laborers in this world, in the work of creating and redeeming and, and blessing this world, wherever we are, at work, at home, in, in our neighborhood, at the park, wherever we are, God's saying, hey, would you be a co-laborer, a collaborator with me? And I want you to know this includes our finances. Are we responsible and managing finances Watch this now. His way. Because he gave us very clear instructions. God gave us very explicit instructions on how to handle resources. Financial resource. He, he gives it very simply. Watch this. Give, save, spend. Period. So easy. Three words, all one syllable. Give, save, spend. Here's our problem. Is that many reverse those instructions. And so we spend so much, right? We reverse and we're spending so much first that there's, ever, there's ne never really anything to save, let alone give. And God says, this is the way it works. Give, save, spend, not spend, save, give. And so many of us walk around, I don't have any savings. You have a savings account? What? It's because we started with the wrong piece. We started on the wrong end. Give, save, spend, and we spend, and then we have nothing to save, let alone to give. It's, listen, and don't take my word for it, he made up a system. He created something that goes, this is the way the system works. Well, I want to do it my way. Okay. We are such spenders, we'll even spend what doesn't belong to us. That's called debt, borrowing from tomorrow. I don't have enough to spend now, so I'm going to spend some of that. It's not even here yet. Jesus said, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough problems of its own. And now we're creating even more problems tomorrow. Welcome to the bond measures that we pass for trillions of dollars that my great-grandkids can pay it off. I want a new library. Well, yeah, but, but that's not going to be paid off for generations. And so we're borrowing from the future. Let's keep moving. Accountability. Here's the letter A. Accountability. The fact or condition of being accountable. It's some responsibility. It's taking responsibility for our actions. Biblical accountability is this. If we've blown it, it's time to own it. <laughs> that's on me. That, that's mine. It's a conscious choice. Allowing God and others in helping to accomplish those things that are right. Christian accountability is where we're willingly submitting to another Jesus-centered correction and direction 
right? Someone coming in and, hey, is this what the Lord wants? Another Christian in our life, in one or more areas of our lives. We're simply saying, okay, yeah, you know better than I do. Teach me. Accountability is having an attitude of grace and forgiveness and walking with others and being for others. It is not 20 questions. What'd you do this week? What'd you look at this week? And you got the little light that shines on and makes them sweat. That's called interrogation. I'm talking about accountability. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm working through. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's the things that I'm trying to figure out. Help, help, walk with me. Walk for me. That's accountability. How's everybody doing? Okay, okay. Here's F, fellowship. Fellowship. I love this. Friendly association. See, fellowship's a, a Christianese word. We don't use it much out there. You, we might see it sometimes in a, in a college context. It's the fellowship of this, right? We might see it academically, right? But it's a friendly association, especially with people, watch this, who share one's interests. F is fellowship. The idea of fellowship comes from a Greek word. It's koinonia. It's a fun word. It, just, it sounds fun coming out of your face. Koinonia. Right? It's like, I speak Greek now, right? When you say, it's all Greek to me, koinonia. There you have it, okay? It's a Greek word, and it means to hold things in common. That's all it means. So fellowship is koinonia. I, I have these things in common with other people. And in the New Testament, it's used over 20 times. This, this, this word that Paul's trying to get to, Peter's trying to get to. Koinonia is, it, watch this, it's a mutual cooperation. Remember I told you co-laborer? This is a cooperation. We're operating together for the best of something. And that's in God's worship. We're worshiping koinonia in our worship together. We're koinonia in our work together. We're koinonia in God's will as we walk out these doors. Christian fellowship has some essential basic guidelines. There are basic things that Christians are called to do. We're not talking about non-Christians, Christians. And in our interaction with other believers, scripture says, hey, this is the way koinonia works. Fellowship with other Christian works like this. Just like I said, there's ways to handle our finances. God gives us those ways. He says there's ways to have relationships with other Christians. There's also ways to have relationships with people who aren't Christians. It's all here. It's especially needed today, this understanding. In, in our world, when there's such tremendous diversity in the beliefs and behaviors among those who call themselves Christians... And, and I understand that. There are some very different things going on. I'm currently studying, uh, in my master's degree, I'm studying a concept called pluralism. The first time I looked at it, I was like, I know it means more than something. Plural, right? There's the word plural. But I'm like, pluralism? What is pluralism? I've heard of dualism, so this must be more than two, right? So I'm like, pluralism. I'm studying this pluralism, right? It's where society has no official approved pattern of belief or behaviors, right, of conduct. It it's, it's holds this concept that two or more positions can be true at the same time. This is true and this is true. But those are contrary to each other. It's okay. It's what's true for me. And, and we see this, I think, immediately. I, I, the first thing I go is to this, coexist. The problem with coexist is they cancel each other out. It can't. Christianity says things about Islam that, that are contradictory. Islam says things about Christianity, they're contradictory. You, we cannot, we cannot, watch this, this is a hard, this is a hard thing in today's culture. I, I could be canceled today based on people watching me. There could be people here in the room who go, I'm coming back here next week. Because I will say this, Mormons are not Christians. 
because they believe things that are not biblical. And, and that's hard. But that's why the Bible gives us, here's how you interact with other Christians. But what happens is, People will go, well, let the Mormons believe what they want to be. They can, but they, it's just not this then. Mormonism isn't Christianity because Jesus was God's only son. Jesus was not Lucifer's brother. I go, wait, what? That's Mormon teaching. And that's where we have to go, wait a minute. It's okay, you, you can believe what you want, but it's not, that's, not, that's not what the Bible says. And so among Christians, we have, to, we have to come back to a place of truth. And it's hard, especially today, when nobody believes in absolute truths it's hard when it comes to christianity and our beliefs we've got to get us on the same page and here's how it's here's how it's communicated in essentials unity in non-essentials liberty in all things charity in the essentials did jesus was he born of a virgin did he die on the cross for my sins did he rise from the grave for my eternal life is he coming back again these are essential pieces you start messing with that then you're messing with essentials the non-essentials are, should a woman have a head covering in church? Are men allowed to wear hats in church? Should women only wear dresses in church? Should we speak in tongues or not speak? These are non-essentials. They have nothing to do with us getting to heaven. I've heard people move non-essentials into the essentials category. Unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have, right? You're not saved. Unless you're speaking in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're not saved. I've heard that kind of teaching. I'm like, um, where is that again, please? That's not in the Bible. And so, again, this is, this is written off to Augustine or Rupertus or Markle. It's one of these guys with a beard. It was written a long time ago. And all three are getting credit for it. Some, one of them said it. I did all the research. I'm telling you, I did the research. I'm like, who said this originally? Because I want to give him credit. I, I'm, this is like the fourth time I've said it, so my name's going to be up the next time. Um, it's like I always say, inessential. Okay. Here, here's what's happening, though. We're, we're needing to come together, and we go, this is what Christianity says. This is what Christianity says. I, I, I get that. And listen, in the non-essentials, you want to wear a head covering? Cool. You only want to have women wear dresses? Cool. Listen, we're, we're a part of a denomination. You've heard me talk about this. We're a part of a denomination that says women can be pastors. There are other people, watch this, who will say, absolutely not. But it's not an essential. It's a non-essential. And I can, watch this. I can come up with all kinds of scriptures that can prove to you why women can be pastors. And you know what they will do? Here's all the scriptures why women can't be pastors. Cool, but it's not essential. That's okay. You don't want to have women pastors? I'm okay with it. Go for it. But it's not essential. Let's keep moving, huh? Okay, lastly, here's the E. Evangelism. Stewardship, accountability, fellowship, evangelism. These are the four basic fruits. You catch it? S-A-F-E. This is where I get to be safe. Stewardship, accountability, fellowship, evangelism. These, these four fruits are these fruits in my life. These are the basic fruit groups. You know, you got like melons and berries and stone fruit, but among stone fruit, you got apricots and peaches. You see what I mean? So stewardship, accountability, fellowship, evangelism. Now I want to stop for just a moment before we dig any further into this piece specifically and note the difference between evangelism and an evangelist. Those are two really different things. And, and it's really, we have, I, I know as a Christian for a long time, I was intimidated by that whole, <gasps> I can't do that. Because I was looking at an evangelist. And I'm like, wow, I could never do what that person does. 
But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about evangelism. Here's the best way I can describe this. I hope you'll indulge me here. The best way I can describe the difference between evangelism and an evangelist is this. I'm a swimmer. I swim. I swim hard. I swim long. I swim distance. Okay, I'm a swimmer, right? Right? I can swim. But this guy, he's a swimmer. I can swim, but he's a swimmer. This is the Baltimore bullet. You know him as Michael Phelps. He's a swimmer. I can swim, and I can swim well, but he's a swimmer. It's a very different thing. When you, when you look at Michael Phelps, you go, whoo, 23 gold medals. This, by the way, this is just the Olympics. 23 gold medals, three silver medals, two bronze medals. The guy doesn't know how to lose. He currently holds 39 world records. World records. 39 times he can swim better than anyone else on the planet. He's a swimmer. I can swim. Watch this. I can do evangelism. He's an evangelist. You you catch the difference? There are people who have a call. There's people who are equipped where God goes, gifting, anointing. And it just comes out naturally. They're just an evangelist. But we're all, the Bible says, to do the work of evangelism. We're all called to do that. And by the way, if you don't know how to swim, I give lessons. I will teach you. Okay. Here's the perspective I want us to get in regards to this. Here's the perspective I want us to get. When you look at Paul's letters, they are filled with this strong encouragement constantly all over. Hey, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Constantly, he said, be faithful. But you don't have those same kind of urgings from Paul in regards to evangelism or being an evangelist. Let me explain this. Almost every time in the good news, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, every time in the New Testament where the good news is is proclaimed, where it's talked about, hey, here's, here's what Jesus came for. When the good news is proclaimed, it's in response to Questions being asked by people outside the church. People in the church are living their lives and somebody comes along and says, hey, and a question is asked, what is that? And the response is evangelism. Well, this is why we do that. Hey, how come you're feeding all the poor? Well, Jesus told us that as he was sent, we are to be sent. You see, you see what I mean? Nobody goes out, hey, do you want to hear about Jesus? Not, that's not the way it works. At least in the biblical record, you take a look at Peter's sermon on Pentecost. Somebody questioned him. You take a look at, you'll see him. Stephen, under interrogation. Stephen, what is it you're teaching? What is, what is this that you're talking about, right? It's over. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. So tell me more. I got questions. I'm reading this stuff here. Peter with Cornelius. Paul. Oh my gosh, in Antioch. And there's so many more. Here, this one's my favorite. This, this one's my absolute favorite because I, I, I read this one. It's in Acts chapter 4. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it real quickly. Acts chapter 4. It, this one's my favorite because I relate to this one. I, I so relate to this one, right? Acts chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 13. He says this. It's so good. He says, you know, they're looking, at, they're looking at John and they're looking at Peter, right? And they go, hey, man, look at these guys, right? They, they, they have no special training in the scriptures, but they recognized Peter and John as men who had been with Jesus. Whew. 
that's when they start to get questioned. Hey, Peter, hey, John. It wasn't, it wasn't Peter and John going, let me tell you about Jesus. See, that's what an evangelist does. Evangelism is people going, that's peculiar. What, what is that? Oh, it's G. Then the evangelism starts. It's when we're answering the questions. In every case, every case, there's something present in these people. Who are these people, these, these followers of the way? Who, who are these people? What are they doing? And, it, and every time they're watching, the, it's calling for an explanation. It keeps prompting a question. And that's where the good news of Jesus becomes the answer. In fact, I want you to know my next series leading up to our resurrection celebration is asking, are we living questionable lives? Huh? Are you living a questionable life? Are there things in your life that make people go, I question that? Here's how it happens. When people look at our peculiar lifestyles of stewardship, here it comes, accountability, you, you ready? Fellowship. Are they asking, hey, uh, so you just give money away? I don't get it. How, how did you get a savings account? That's very peculiar. Watch this, accountability. Wait, you get together and you, you talk to somebody else about what's going on in your life? I mean, the deep stuff? Like, the, you share dirty laundry? That's so peculiar. Fellowship. So you get up early on Sunday mornings? You can sleep in. You know that, right? Wait, so like there's, what, what's, a, what's a men's meeting? You, you went to a men's meeting? You went to a women's meeting? You went to, you went to sew blankets together? Who does that? See, stewardship, accountability, fellowship. Watch this. When the questions start coming in about this oddity, boop, evangelism happens. Stewardship, accountability, fellowship, evangelism. These are the fruits in the lives of every believer in different ways. Fellowship looks different for him than it does for him. Looks different for her than it does for her. See, that, that, it may look different, but it's in every Christian's life. I'm going to end today with a quick note about beautiful fruit. I want to show you this. This is beautiful fruit. Isn't it beautiful? It's because it's fake. That's fake fruit. By looking at it, you wouldn't tell. Just quick, quick glance, you'd go, oh, pretty. But when you pick it up, you know immediately. When you touch it, you go, no. What, what? I, I don't know about you. My wife's like, Walker, please, right? I, I'm in the produce department. I just like smelling the fruit. I like, oh, it smells so good. I like, you smell one of those? Smell like paint. If it looks too good to believe, it probably is too good to believe. Please hear me. My favorite part of this photo is this little plum over here. Because it's odd. And you know, they throw away all those. Now they got those mail order places where you can, you can get, uh, you know, all the weird fruit and the weird vegetables that they, they won't take in the grocery store. Because, watch this. Because people won't buy a plum that looks like that. Tastes no different than the other plums that came off the same tree, but it's not attractive. 
And here's a problem in our culture, in our church culture. We're often presenting Christianity. Hallelujah. I go, that's not real. (laughs) That ain't real. At some point, your life is falling apart. I don't know where, but I'm telling you what, my life's falling apart. For, For those who are willing to admit it, but here's what happens, and it's especially true in our culture. Our, our social media gives way to this. So people, people do this. Click. Here's me having my devotions. And listen, in Jesus' name, you, you want to take pictures of your devotions, please do that. <laughs> that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about presenting something that's unattainable. Jesus didn't cause to be perfect. One day we will be. One day, he is coming back for me, and I can't wait to shed this bag of skin. I can't wait. One day I will be perfect. But for now, I see through a glass dim. It's, kind of, it's weird. It's, house, it's circus house of mirrors kind of stuff. I don't see clearly. And here's what happens is I, I come across those Christians, and I go, is that real? I used to do it. I used to quote my pastor like it was my quote. I used, man, I, anybody knows that little church down in Van Nuys? Church on the way. Okay, I used to go there, man. Pastor Jack, that guy could serve up a seven-course meal in 15 minutes, and you're like choking on, he's like his tri-tip down your throat. Just, it was amazing, right? And all I could do is just repeat it so that I looked smart so that I sounded smart, so that I appeared spiritual. But it wasn't my spirituality. It was his spirituality. I was just taking it, watch this, and taking some duct tape and sticking it on my tree. Look at me, I'm spiritual too. Beloved, we got to get out of this. we got to get into working the soil. Because here's the problem. Whatever's on your tree right now is what you planted a long time ago. And if you don't like what you're getting... You may have to not only cut off branches, you may have to take out the whole tree. If that's not what you want in your life, man, that is not giving me what I want. Then not only cut it down, but grind it down. Start over, please. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the crown and recreation versus recreation. I think those are two different things. So, for this week, here's some scriptures for you. These are all the scriptures I went over. Also, listen, in the app, oh my gosh, I gave you a chunky monkey, right? Stewardship, accountability, fellowship, evangelism. I gave you all the scriptures in regards. If you want to do an in-depth study on stewardship, accountability, fellowship, and evangelism, in the app, there's a huge section on the scriptures in regards to that. What it means to have stewardship, accountability, fellowship, and evangelism. But here's the scriptures I use today. Also, next week's reading is this. Hey, come on, we could do this. Nine pages. This week I know is hard. It was 45 pages, I think, right? We got nine pages a week. We're reading book number four. It's chapter 17. We're talking about the crown. Here's what we're going to do for the next five minutes. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to turn around, find some conversations. We're going to turn these rows into circles. What's your takeaway from what I'm talking about? He's up there yammering. What did I hear? What does safe fruit look like on an everyday basis? 
What does it look like to have safe fruit at my workplace? What does it look like to have safe fruit when I am, you know, in my home or with friends hanging out? Where does safe fruit look like? And then what did you get out of the reading this week? Let's turn around. We got five minutes. Let's have some conversation. Let's have some conversation.